0: Hello and welcome to Voices from the Frontline from the Christian Medical Fellowship where we hear from healthcare professionals on the front line of the COVID-19 pandemic and today I'm delighted to be joined by the neonatologist Dr. Lee Collier. Welcome Lee.
1: Uh yeah, thanks. Uh, good to be here.
0: Well, it's great to have you Lee. Now, Lee, you and I go way back and what's really we we're just talking just now about um the interesting nature of our our facial hair. Um you have no facial hair at all, which is unusual for you um because of the uh because of the mask, isn't that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. So uh, I think I've uh, had a, a fairly uh, full-on goatee since I was about twenty twenty-one, 21, um, and I'm 41 um, this uh, this year. So uh, three weeks ago, I stood in front of the mirror and shaved it all off. And then a week later, had Katie, uh, my wife, shave the rest of my head as well, um, just to uh, really be able to uh, don and doff the uh, PPE as easily as possible. Um, so I kind of had this big reveal moment where I saw my chin. And my wife likes it. Thankfully,
0: so. <laughs> oh, well, that's good.
1: <laughs> Apparently, I look slightly younger.
0: Oh well, there you go. You can take that. That's brilliant. Now, Lee, you're a neonatologist usually, and you are now working in the Nightingale Hospital in London. So, I just wanted to ask you what what is a neonatologist doing working with adult ventilated patients?
1: Yeah. So, my normal NHS role, I work for a neonatal transport team. So. Um, I travel around uh, London, um, helping with intensive care stabilisation for um, sick babies and premature babies, um, and then transfer them by ambulance to um, uh, another hospital where they'll get their tertiary level care. Um, And then prior to that, I worked in a neonatal intensive care unit for quite a few years. Um, And so I'm pretty good at ventilation. It's a different patient group. Obviously, there are slightly different targets, slightly different approaches, but um, I'm I'm pretty good at ventilation. Uh, a lot of the ad, other adult intensive care stuff is quite new to me, um, so I'm not working um, in a in a consultant or senior specialist role. Um, but I am um, working alongside and supporting more junior doctors um, that don't have any intensive care experience. So I'm working in a sort of intermediate role um, at the Nightingale. Um, but I think above and beyond that, um, one of the things that struck me is that adult intensive care you don't normally do long term ventilation for. Um, adults with respiratory disease Um, and I've uh, noticed uh, and had quite a few conversations with um, the the intensive care consultants where they've really been uh, struggling with the idea of having an adult on a ventilator for for 10 days 12 days sometimes uh, longer Um, and of course in neonatology um, and you and I have worked together looking after um, extremely premature babies who need ventilating for several weeks and so I'm quite used to the idea of doing a ward round every day and the patient's more or less in the same position, more or less has the same oxygen requirement, more or less has the same ventilator settings, and knowing that I'm not going to fix them, um, I'm waiting for them to grow, I'm waiting for them to gradually uh, get better. And the ventilation is really, um, it's not a treatment, it's a support. Um, And I think that's something that the neonatal um, community of of nurses and doctors can can really bring to the front line to encourage our colleagues and say, yeah, things are exactly the same as they were three days ago, Um, but that's okay. If the trajectory is, is, is heading towards um, improvement, then we just have to sit tight. And I think that's something um, that I've uh, been able to bring to the conversation. Mm.
0: Oh, that's, that's really interesting. Thanks, Lee. Yeah, Really good to hear. Um, now, as I say, normally you work in another trust. You're now working in the Nightingale. Why is it that you chose uh, to, to put yourself forward to work in this, this challenging situation, really, to stretch yourself in this way?
1: Well, I think um, a couple of reasons, really. Uh, first of all, I think it's been a bit of phenomenon across the country that a lot of the acute services that are normally very busy are not so busy. And people haven't stopped having babies. But the service I work for really has seen a drop in acuity, um, a drop in the number of referrals. Um, we are still getting referrals, but just not the number we would normally have. So I found myself having several days of sitting in an office or, or even working from home. Um, and feeling like I, I could be more useful. Um, and I think i I realized that you know the the skills of a neonatologist could be used on the front line. Um, and I just felt a real um, a calling and a desire um, to to go and be part of the effort. Um, I think people have used the the rhetoric of of war, um, and uh, I think we haven't yet seen, and I hope we never see the the sort of true carnage of war. I think there was the fear of that maybe four or five weeks ago. Um, but I think that feeling of 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 being someone who potentially has the skills of a s of a soldier um, who's sort of way back from the front line and not really able to contribute um, I just just had that feeling that yeah I should really go and, and make the effort to to do a bit more.
0: Mm. Oh, that's fantastic Lee. now obviously you're working with a number of other staff um, at the Nightingale Hospital. Can you give me a bit of a feel of what you're seeing what you're experiencing there?
1: Yeah, so I think the the nightingale um is is Um, is an amazing place actually Uh, I think morale there is really high Uh, I think the thing that struck me is the number of uh, volunteers who've given up their time um, to go and work there um, both in the non-clinical roles um, and in clinical roles Um, and I've been particularly struck by the uh, healthcare professionals that have either volunteered or been redeployed from their normal posts who are not only not intensivists but actually they're not really uh, involved in um, in hospital care at all. So um, I've been working alongside dentists, uh, I've been working alongside optometrists, audiologists, um, all sorts of people who um, obviously have the, the basic training and the, uh, the knowledge of a healthcare professional uh, around how to act around a patient, what's appropriate, what's not not appropriate. So um, as a health as an existing healthcare professional, they don't need the kind of basic training that you would have to give to someone um, who just came in off the streets um, from a, from a, a non-health-related job. Um, so they're able to be redeployed quite quickly. They are given appropriate training, they are, um, and they are supervised. But I've been really struck by this, this really big uh, community, this big workforce of people that have come to serve in that role. Um, and to you know, to see a dentist who you know, I'm sure is at the top of their game um, in their own profession, you know, working effectively in a, in a role giving direct patient care, um, and you know, wiping bottoms and turning people in their beds and doing all those things that need to be done um, with the supervision of a, of a qualified nurse, of course. Um, but I think that's really struck me, and I've found it—I've um, found it really humbling, actually. Um, and at the moment, people—and I hope it will continue—people are extremely uh, keen to help, extremely keen to get involved. Um, and and I think above the the normal uh, role of just providing care. Um, I think what I'm seeing is compassion. I think I'm seeing people that are genuinely um, caring for the patient that's in front of them, genu- genuinely interested to find out about their background and find out who they are, um, and and recognise that that's a you know a person with a life story and with a family um, that's in that bed. And it's a it's a very unusual experience. I'm used to working obviously with babies who don't have anything to say to us, but babies will always come with a family, and we can we can get to know the parents. It's It's a very odd way to work when a patient comes in already uh, sedated and intubated and ventilated. You've never met them. You've never spoken to them, um, but you're providing that care for them. It's a very unusual way to work. Um, And I've had the pleasure of meeting two patients this week who uh, have extubated and are just having a bit of respiratory support, a bit of oxygen, um, but are able to make eye contact, able to nod their heads, are starting to whisper and starting to talk to us. But obviously, having had a Tube in there um, trachea for um, some of them for a couple of weeks, uh, struggling to talk. Um, but to actually interact with them as human beings after the fact, after um, all the treatment has happened, um, is a very odd experience and, and quite humbling.
0: Amazing. Well, oh, thanks, Lee. Now, Lee, I know you're a, you're a Christian, and it'd be interesting to hear what your perspective is on this and how we can maybe be praying for for you and for those who you're working with at the Nightingale and in similar roles around the country
1: yeah absolutely i mean you know as a christian i struggle to have a perspective on on what god's doing through this you know i don't believe god sends um a virus like this i think god um can work in these sorts of scenarios and can bring people together and can bring communities together and i think we're seeing that i think we're seeing that in our own our own homes our own streets i think we're seeing that across the nhs um and so i think within a uh an international disaster that we don't have an explanation for, I think we can see God working through individual people. We can see God working um, at that local level. Um, I think in terms of prayer, I think we're already praying for every um, key worker, every member of NHS staff, um, the transport services, logistics, um, the the supermarket workers, and so on. I think we're very aware of that. Um, and I think above and beyond that in terms of prayer needs, I think you know we've all seen um, a lot going on in the news about, um, Uh, availability of PPE, availability of ventilators, that sort of thing. And I think it's a huge logistics problem. And I don't want to get into any of the political discussion around that. But I think we need to be praying for our leaders. Um, We need to be praying that the the right equipment, the right consumables, the right people um, get to the right place at the right times. And that, you know, any barriers around political ideology, um, right wing, left wing, NHS, private sector, you know, I think we need to see all of that disappear, really. Um, and for for everyone that's involved to be to be working in the best interests of the whole country. Um, so my prayer and my request for prayer really would be for our leaders, um, both uh, political leaders, but also uh, senior leaders within the within the NHS, that they'll be able to um, solve the logistics problems that we've been facing and and get all the equipment, all the people to the right place at the right time.
0: Mm. Lee, it's been great to speak to you and and Lee didn't actually say that she's using his annual leave to do this, and um, you know. It's just, just great, really privilege to speak to you, Lee. I know you're on a pretty ruinous shift pattern as well, so i better let you get off and go get some sleep. So thanks so much for talking with me.
1: No, thanks, John. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot.
0: Great, thanks, Lee. Just Lee's talking about prayer there, and just a reminder that every day we're praying online at seven o'clock. You can join us on Facebook and Instagram Live, and also um, at ten past eight on a Thursday. So after the clapping, um, clap and pray. Look out for this new initiative on social media with Christians up and down the country um, clapping and praying for those uh, who are on the front line. Lee's obviously a redeployed worker, and we've also been speaking with others on our uh, Voices series. Every single day, we're releasing a new voice from the front line, so you can listen to chelsea who's a a pediatric nurse working with adults you can listen to ruth who's an occupational therapist working in the hospital Uh, rachel who's a medical student who's been redeployed into hospital as well so really inspiring stories hearing what god is doing uh, at this time of crisis so thanks for joining us and i look forward to being with you next time bye for now